I am back. It has been a very long two months since I have posted, but contrary to internet rumors, I am not dead. I have not abandoned this project. I do feel like it's cursed a little bit. First, I was having just major health stuff going on, and then I finally felt ready to record, and my computer promptly broke. And then I finally fixed my computer, and I recorded like three different episodes about autism, and they were just so cringeworthy and unpostable. So I definitely am going, because, you know, for April Autism Awareness Month, which now it's the middle of May, but, you know, time is a social construct. I definitely want to talk about autism, but I have so many opinions and thoughts. I need a little more time to collect them and make them nice and coherent and put a pretty little ribbon on it before I put it out into the void. However, I really want to put things out there because I I like this project, you know? It's my weird, fun little hobby that no one asked for or needs, but I still enjoy. And I was just scrolling through YouTube, as I so often do, thinking about complex questions of identity, as I also so often do. We all know my obsession with identity. And then I got an ask on Tumblr that said, how are you so confident? And I was like, oh boy, I gotta make some stream of consciousness podcast ramblings right now at this moment. So here you go. So to answer the Anon, I am not actually that confident. That is not true at all. I'm really, really good at faking it. And I think when it comes to confidence, you have to Sometimes fake it and convince yourself that it's real, you know? Like, just pretend that you like yourself more than you do. Which is, okay, maybe this is not the best strategy, and I, I don't want to sound like a Dr. Phil ripoff here, but, like, sometimes you just have to be like, you know what, I don't like this thing about myself, but it is, and it's not going to change, and that's that. But that is so incredibly easier said than done. And for a long time, I was extremely, extremely self-conscious about being in a wheelchair and being visibly queer. And one might argue that my coping mechanism for that was being more aggressively visible. But, you know, who am I to psychoanalyze myself? And I actually don't really know how I got over that, if we're being completely honest. For the first year and a half or so of me being in a wheelchair I hated it like I absolutely hated it I didn't know who I was I felt like I lost my identity I felt like I was less than and less than human had that hashtag internalized ableism it was really and of course there were other issues going on in my life which I've touched on briefly in past episodes you know it was kind of more of a manifestation of my own underlying self-consciousness. It wasn't, I don't think, really about the wheelchair itself. However, it took me well over a year to really adjust. And for me, there were some adjustments that happened really fast. Like, I got a wheelchair, like, we immediately hopped on the insurance bandwagon, got it covered, went to the evaluation, you know, got the measurements, picked out a chair... And they're like, oh, like, do you want, like, a hardback or a softback? Or, like, pneumatic tires or rubber inserts? What about side guards? And I, I, I was like, 
I don't know. Last week I was on crutches. Like, I don't know. And I was also like 12. And, you know, so there were some physical changes that happened really, really fast, you know, like, okay, I have to get a shower chair and move my bedroom downstairs, you know, like there were some things that happened like very quickly. And it took a while for my mind and identity to catch up with that. And even now, to be honest, I do worry that I quote-unquote identify too much with being disabled. And again, I also want to clarify, like, this is my own weird mental processes. This does not apply to anyone else. I don't want anyone listening to this to think that I'm knocking them. Like, I'm, I'm really not. I do sometimes worry that I identify too much with being disabled and then I'm like, well, can you identify too much with being disabled or is that in and of itself a thought rooted in really deep-seated internalized ableism? You know, it's kind of like asking, can you identify too much with being gay or is that a thought rooted in deep internalized homophobia? And I would argue that no, you can't identify too much with being queer. That's probably rooted. I mean, unless, you know, like I know some people who you know they're complete assholes and they're just mean and you'll be like hey buddy you're being a complete dick and really mean and they'll be like "Uh, sorry i'm gay so you know i mean i mean like yes gays are allowed to be mean to straight people that's the law of the land that's a rule but when gays are mean to other gays and they're like oh sorry i'm gay like me too buddy but i'm not a horrible person that's a side note there's a big community and it's not so much within the cripple punk spaces or really the people that I personally am friends with, but there's a really big community online of people sharing every single minute detail of their health for the world to see. And they vlog the entirety of their hospital stays and make Instagram posts when they change meds and, excuse me, post when they're doing sterile dressing changes of ports or pick lines and it makes me very uncomfortable because I almost feel like it's in a way voyeurism. If inspiration porn is able-bodied people being like oh look at those cripples they're so inspiring this is like medical porn where it's other disabled people being like oh my god they're going through so much you know it's tragedy and suffering porn it's like Look how much I can go through with a smile on my face and cutesy Instagram posts. And I understand everyone copes in their own way, and I'm really not trying to knock people posting on the internet to cope. I post on the internet to cope. We all post on the internet. That's what the internet is for, you know? The internet is just you and billions of other users, and it's like a personal therapist. But that being said... I feel like there's a point when you have hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube and you're the all only content that you are capable of posting is about your health. I feel like that's a problem because one, if you're ever stable or healthier, you have no content. Things like disability activism are not conditional on how healthy or unhealthy or disabled or able-bodied you are. Anyone can be an activist and anyone can share opinions, but when your content is based solely around filming your hospital stays or your doctor's appointments, yada yada, you can so easily run out of content. And I feel like it kind of gives the rest of us a bad name. 
it can harm the rest of us because there's this expectation that we'll just share all of our medical stuff online. We're not obligated to. Even if someone has a blog, a podcast, people choose to share what they want to share. I share what I want to share and I don't share what I don't want to share. And people are not entitled to it. And we all can agree that, oh yeah, it's awful when able-bodied people ask details about our health. Disabled people are not entitled to details about our health either. And if we want to share those details willingly, that is our prerogative. But when it's expected of us because other people are making money from doing the same thing, that's where I have a problem. I'm very deliberate about not saying my diagnoses, my particular diagnoses online. I do it for my own sense of security, my own sense of privacy, and just because it is no one's actual fucking business. My friends are aware. People who have the same things, they know. But it's not my job to be everyone's therapist on the internet. And like sometimes I'll get messages being like from like, oh hey, I'm disabled too, and you know, what are your diagnoses? And I'll be like, well, I'm not comfortable saying because you're a total fucking stranger. And they'll be like, well, how am I supposed to relate to you if I don't know? If you cannot relate to my message, quote unquote, what I'm trying to do, knowing the name of a medical condition is not going to help you relate to me more. You know, if you cannot relate to what I'm saying right now, that's totally fine. But if I'm like, I have such and such condition, and also this is how I feel about internalized ableism. I really don't think you're going to relate to the message anymore. I think it's just curiosity. And I think a lot of it stems from these communities built around sharing really minute details of everyone's health. And it can also be like a suffering competition. Who can go through the more pain? The more pain. Y'all know what I mean. I don't think that's healthy or conducive to healing. And I don't mean physical healing like, oh, it's not conducive to getting up and walking, but mental healing and being comfortable in a community. There's a lot of gatekeeping going on in those communities. You know, like, oh, well, if you don't have a feeding tube, you're not disabled enough to talk to these three people, you know, and it's it's bullshit, in my opinion. I know I'm not saying this well, and I really don't want it to sound like I'm knocking specific people because that's not what I'm trying to do. I just feel like we all need to collectively be aware that even other disabled people and other chronically ill people are not infallible beings. We all have faults and we all can make mistakes and none of us are entitled to other people's private health information. I've been thinking about more and more recently is do you guys ever see yourself through other people's eyes and you just feel like you must look so pitiful and tragic and it makes you sad but angry? I know I'm not saying that well, but, and by the way, this is completely, completely rooted in my own, like, internalized ableism bullshit. This is not healthy. It's pro- it's probably normal, but not in, like, a good way. So I don't want, I don't want to talk about this stuff and make it seem like it's healthy or normal because that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, I struggle with internalized ableism and I struggle with my own preconceived bullshit about disability just as much as anyone else. I, until a few years ago, I knew nothing about disability at all. So this is a learning curve for all of us, and I just want to make it clear that, like, I 
have my own emotional bullshit, but I'm not responsible for your emotional bullshit. Okay, that's my disclaimer. Back to my point. When I look in the mirror and look at myself, I see me. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, you see yourself and you're this complex hodgepodge of different traits and intricately woven traits where people and people are inherently complex and contradictory beings you no one can describe themselves in 10 or 15 adjectives we are all so much more than 10 or 15 or 20 adjectives and every once in a while i think about what i must look like to other people to and i think to other people i must look like a troubled kid from a really broken home with pretty major medical problems who is super aggressively queer and sometimes straight people think that's tragic you know they're like oh yeah one of those and i'm like wow that's not how i think of myself and not in like a, oh i don't see myself as disabled kind of way like no i i see myself as disabled believe it or not it's not that It's that I see myself as disabled, but I don't see myself as pitiful or problematic. And I think that's really what it boils down to is the pity factor. Because it's not like I'm trying to say random people on the street see me as disabled, but I don't see me as disabled. I can do anything. You know, that's bullshit. I can't do anything. I can't walk. Like, no, I'm disabled. That's okay. That's not a bad word. It's not a bad thing. This is not a new concept. It's not that. It's just that I must realize that random people probably see me as a really pitiful being sometimes, and I don't see myself in that way. That's kind of hard to reconcile with. It's hard to reconcile with, not because I don't know it exists. Of course I know it exists. I get it all the time. Whenever I'm out in public, I get it. It's just that I don't like it. And there's not really anything that we can do about it. I can't change how other people perceive me as a person. You just kind of have to sit with it and sit with this realization and just grit your teeth. And for me, at least, it leads to this thing where, like, I feel like I constantly need to prove my intellectual superiority, or I need to be funny or witty, and I need to be something other than pitiful to people. And it's very uncomfortable, because I feel like I need to constantly, I need to act like I'm the smartest person in the room, or else no one's going to respect me or treat me with any dignity. And, of course, I'm not ever the smartest person in the room well you know what i mean and there's so much there's so much wrong with the idea that you know i'm disabled but you know i'm the funniest or the smartest or whatever in the room so therefore you should treat me like a human you know you should just treat people like humans regardless period end of story full stop no one should have to prove their humanity or prove that they're not pitiful tragic people prove you know no one needs to prove themselves like that and it's it's something that i find i have to do a lot because of disability it's not just disabled people who have to prove themselves to the majority it's sort of 
any minority and in different ways there are different intricacies is that a word is intricacies probably not anyway there are different details you know of having to prove yourself when you're disabled or having to prove yourself when you're black or having to prove yourself when you know it's different but there i think there are some baseline similarities that correspond some things that are relatable so i've really been trying to ask myself and examine within my own self why I have this obsessive need to prove myself to able-bodied people. Because I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast, but I am not one to care about other people's opinions, especially not random people on the street who don't know anything about me. And the answer to the question, of course, as always, is internalized ableism, but that still doesn't really answer the question, what the fuck do you do about it? I don't really think there's much to do about it. I think you need to educate yourself and constantly examine your motives and reasons for doing things and accept that it's a learning curve and it's a process and no one's going to get there overnight. I'm not going to get there overnight. The smartest disabled person in the world is not going to get there overnight because we are so deeply conditioned to believe that disability is a bad thing and for me at least that kind of presents itself in this way where I feel like I need to prove my humanity intelligence humor whatever fill in the blank I sometimes wonder what I would say to like my seven-year-old self and vice versa because in a million years In a million years, I never thought that the things that have happened in my life would happen. And I I think that can go for pretty much everyone. I mean, I don't think anyone's life ever in the history of the world has gone exactly according to plan. The nature of plans is to not work and not be followed. But I never thought that I would be disabled. And I never thought that I would be disabled and proud of it, or at the very least disabled and not upset by it. And of course, it's because the only exposure to disability that I had ever had was through pretty flawed media, which obviously I've talked about and talk about all the time. I won't rehash that. And when that's all you know is this super negative view of disability just being shoved into your brain by every single aspect of society and every person that you know and not even intentionally you know it's not like my mom sat me down one day and was like gray i gotta tell you disability is a bad thing it's just constant subtle reminders and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're disabled It feels awful at first. Of course it's going to feel awful at first. Of course you're going to have all these internal, internalized, ableist thoughts. I mean, who wouldn't? I like to think that the parts of me that don't like disability, the parts of me that still don't like the fact that I am so visibly queer, you know? I like to call that part of me by my birth name. Because that part of me was assigned to me by a society that didn't really know me that well, or at all. And that part of me is old, and it's in history, and it's real. I grew up with it. I was raised with it. I was born into it. It's real, and it's not something to just be burned and erased. But it's also not current, and it's not who I still am. 
it's in me. It'll always be in me. It's part of my history. But now I'm a better person. I'm a different person. I hope to continue to grow and continually become better and better people with newer and newer versions of myself. But that doesn't mean the old versions are just tossed out. So I like to think that the part of me who kind of forced myself to have a crush on a boy in second grade so I could seem cool and didn't really understand my one aunt who brought her quote-unquote roommate of 20 years to Thanksgiving dinners and lived in Orange County on a sustainable farm, you know. That part of me, that's the old me. It's a real me. It's the me I pretend to be around certain family members, you know? Like, that's the old birth name me. A new current me is new and improved, and new current me is challenging these thoughts that are complete bullshit, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay that there's still a little part of me that struggles. I'm okay that there's still a part of me that hates this sometimes with all my heart, and that there's still a part of me that is scared and sad. If I had to go out on a limb, I'd say we all have parts of us that are like that. Yes, it's important to challenge your own beliefs and to not fall prey to certain viewpoints, but it's also important to accept the fact that you're struggling with them, that we're all struggling with them, and let yourself learn. It's okay, you know? I think the most radical thing that I ever did was forgive myself for all my old, outdated, prejudiced views. Because the only person they were really prejudiced against was myself. Okay, on that note, I need to crawl out from the depths of my own psyche, get back in the real world, take a shower, wash my face, and go to bed. Thank you for listening. I apologize for the hiatus. I will make more content. No clue when. Quick self-promo, subscribe on YouTube, because YouTube is like the platform that I feel like people always ask if I don't post it on YouTube, but no one subscribes, so you know, pick one. And I have a Patreon if you feel compelled to throw money at me for creating lackluster content. I'd really appreciate it. It's patreon.com slash notyourinspo. It will also be linked down below. Thank you for listening, and as always, take care of yourselves.